Hello, everybody. It is Thursday, April 24th, 2014, and you are listening to the Talking Games Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I am here with Justin Townsend. Hello there. Mr. Rob Newmeyer. Welcome to the future. <laughs> and Miss Jackie Turner. Hi, guys. Ms. Jackie Turner. Sorry, not Miss. Yeah, no, Miss. Yeah, it's fine. Miss. <laughs> <laughs> Never give it that much thought. <laughs> um, so, I am not Steve Say. He mm-hmm. is away in Canada, so I have taken over the chair, and we run the Talking Games podcast for this week. Are you power hungry? Oh, yeah, I'm power hungry, definitely. <laughs> this is my third podcast in a row. Is Steve stuffed in the closet? Yeah. Mm. He's in Canada, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> or he's really... I've usurped him. Um, so, yeah, we played a little multiplayer madness before this, as, as per usual, and it ended up being Towerfall. We tried for something else. Mm-hmm. We tried to yep. play a game called Nidhogg on the PC... But as PC games are wont to do, it was a shit show. <laughs> Uncooperative. <laughs> Uncooperative. Couldn't get the control. We downloaded the controller drivers to the PS3 controllers, but Nidhogg wouldn't recognize them. They only recognized his Microsoft controllers and told me to download key to you know key to key to pad or whatever the hell it was key called. To joy key or to joy, like and it just wasn't working. Nope. So maybe um, in the it future, it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Um, so we played some Towerfall, and uh, I believe Rob won three. Two. Two games? Two. Oh, two. Justin won two. I mm-hmm. won one and Jackie won none. Yes. Sweet, sweet music to I just my feel ears. like I get embarrassed when we do multiplayer madness. One of no, these days... there's no reason to. When yeah. Mario Kart comes out, I'm going to kill all of you. Just let me you know. You've won in Towerfall before. Yeah. 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 yeah the never first... on camera. Yeah, you have. Yes, yeah. you have. I watched you. Yeah. Oh, all right, good. Okay, I feel a bit better then. <laughs> <laughs> the first time you played it. The first it, time you played it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're going to talk about a bunch of games today. We're leaving the news at the, at the, at the back door. Mm-hmm. Just going to talk about games. Um, Justin. Yes? I hear you've been playing a game called Smite. I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> this is my third week in a row. I won't, I'm not going to talk about the game really that much. Just, I guess, progress report for you guys on how I'm doing. Getting there, I finally found a character I like using. Uh, of course, it was one of the free characters I could have chosen all along. Guan Yu. Guan Yu. Yeah, he's like a tanky character, but you know, I need that because if I don't build up health a lot, I'm going to die almost instantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so getting better, enjoying it, still can't stop playing with my friends. Um, it's been a while that I've been like this hooked into a game. Uh, Titanfall came close, but this I, I, if I have a free moment, I'm playing this with the guys. Interesting, because uh, I think it was the second episode, we talked about Awesome Knots for the first time, and yep. you mentioned how it was a... MOBA that you could you could play if you weren't super into MOBAs, and now you're super into a MOBA. Yeah, <laughs> but nowhere near as easy or as good. For me, when I'm playing, like I have to have a guide up in the background. Like I'll actually play the game in a window, so that way, if we go into like certain matches, you don't get to choose your character. They'll give you one. Mm. So I'll then immediately pull up the guide in the background and be like, you know, I think it's Smite Fire, that's the name of the, the website. And then I just type in the character, like, what's the best way to play this guy so I don't embarrass myself? Yeah. <laughs> That's strictly so I don't embarrass myself. Because <laughs> after not doing that for a while and getting destroyed round after round and everybody, like, pointing the finger, like, you, you're bad at life. You should stop living. <laughs> I was like, maybe I should try actually playing this the right way. That's what I was going to ask is how is the community? Like, are they... Yeah, they're they're not that nice. Some people are are all right. I think um, you mentioned this before. Yeah, last that, week I yeah. brought that up that I got yelled at a bunch. Okay, well that's not nice. <clears throat> no, no, it's not nice at all. Uh, so 
been playing that, getting better, still really enjoying it. I still think it's, uh, if you're looking to get into a more serious MOBA, this is like one of, I guess, the easier ones to get into because it's not click-to-move. And if you're new to PC gaming, click-to-move is hot, like hard to get around. So it's like action-oriented? Yeah, it's okay. uh, it's a third-person view. Okay. So, it, But when you're playing, it kind of feel, almost feels like a first-person shooter in a way. Okay. Because the, you know you get pulled like right behind your character and you're, you're moving around doing attacks. It feels like, like when you're playing, like you're playing Infamous. Mm. If you have like a, like a, a ranged power set, it can feel that way. Gotcha, gotcha. So does that make it more skill-based? Hmm. You know, I'm, well, I can't. I don't think I could speak to it because I haven't played any of the other ones, okay. so I can't speak to which one would be more skilled. But for me, this one's easier. When I, I've mentioned before, when playing click to move, sometimes I want to shoot or fire an, at an opponent, and I'll be moving towards him instead. Hmm. And it's like I'm right in front of you. How do I get out? <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is a lot easier. Yeah, I do that in Diablo all the time. When I'm playing Diablo, oh, I'll just run worst. towards somebody instead of <laughs> shooting at the them because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Smite. Smite. So what else you got? Uh, oh, uh, Black Flag. You started Black yeah, Flag. Yeah, I started Black Flag. Yeah. I, I'm very, like super early into it. Like mm-hmm. uh, I haven't even gotten off the first island yet. Mm. We just I, I just uh, killed the, uh, the assassin. Um, okay. Oh yeah. I'm already struggling with the game though. Why? Why? Yeah. Because I I. It's exactly I think what we talked about a couple weeks ago. It just the movement feels so like. That is so Assassin's Creed. That's, I know. It, I've played mm-hmm. every single one of those games and I spend half my time screaming, no, I didn't tell you to climb up there. Stop jumping off of that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always it's, been the same. It just feels so restrictive to me. Like, okay, just, just comparing it to Infamous. Infamous, I can like, I just have like, it feels like I have like free range of like, I want to go left, right, up, down, run, jump, everything. Where in Assassin's Creed, it feels like I have to be like walking in a line and then I want to go left. It's like, okay, I'm going to make a left-hand turn and then go towards this. It, it just feels very restrictive. Like, and the, the movement set, uh, they, you know, they make it so you're, like, you're running and you're jumping and you're always landing on something in front of you. Like, it's almost like scripted in a way. Yeah. Where in Infamous, it's just it, it's not scripted and you're going to land on whatever's in front of you. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Assassin's Creed, there's definitely places you can jump, you can climb. You know, if you're a little off, you're not going to land on it, but mm-hmm. it will pull you. There's a, yeah. there's a margin error. It will pull you towards it's, that pole all, or that fence. It's super sticky too, which I think anyone who's played an Assassin's Creed game knows. Like you land on this and it's like, okay, I can't just easily jump off of it. Yeah. I have to do a command to jump off. Yeah. I'm going to keep playing it. Um, but I, that's that's the thing I've always struggled with with Assassin's Creed games is the movement. Like the movement kind of drives me crazy, and then coming pretty much right on the back of Infamous, it's like night and day. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I, I don't think it does anything new movement wise no. to any of the other ones. So if you didn't enjoy those, you're going to struggle with this in the same way. But it looks gorgeous. Oh, it, there's it's, undeniably it's a beautiful game. I can't wait to see the rest of it when it opens up more. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're so, in for a treat. Yeah. yeah. And um, the ship battles, you know, that, that brings like a whole new dynamic. That's that's a lot of fun. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. I'm, like I said, I'm only about like maybe like a half hour in. Yeah. Uh, the other game that I got to play was uh, episode three of uh, The Wolf Among Us. Right. Uh, I got to play through it and beat it. And I love that stuff. Have you guys played? Not yet. You know, I played the first uh, episode. So good. Tell us about it. So um, my history with Telltale is I bought The Walking Dead game of the year edition played 10 minutes of it and left it for six months oh wow and then i was just like i really should go back and like everyone keeps talking about this i should go do it and so it took me a week but like i sat down every night and played them consecutively and you know 
at the end, I'm like this big teary mess, and I'm like, this is some, this was something like this was something that I would not have played um, at any other time. But like my, I guess my my tastes were changing, and I really enjoyed it. And I'm a huge Fables fan, so when I found out the Wolf Among Us was coming out, I wanted to jump in immediately. Think about these games, uh, especially the Wolf Among Us, is like the music is so good. Um, they're like t- like Telltale's music is really really good. It, it doesn't get enough credit. Uh, like the the mood piece in The Walking Dead, like just gets you right into that mode of the world that you're in. And for The Wolf Among Us, the same thing. It's kind of got this Norish, almost like techno vibe. Mm-hmm. It's but, got like a Blade Runner type yeah. of score mm-hmm. to it, a very like Vangelis type of feel to it. But I mean, you should explain kind of what it is. Sure, you know. <laughs> uh, so if people I, don't know. Hmm, it's an adventure game. Yeah, I guess. Uh, it's not. Uh, they, they, it's not like a point and click adventure game. Um, but you're not. It, it. It's like hard, almost hard to describe. But you're not walking around um, in like an open world. It's very scripted where they want you to walk and where they want you to do. But in these type of games, it's not so much about the gameplay. It's about the decisions and the story that you're you're experiencing. Right. So you'll you'll have choices. Like you'll walk up to a character and there'll be three choices uh, for dialogue that you can have. And then there's a timer clicking down, and unlike other games like Mass Effect, where the timer can click down and you could just sit there and stare at the screen for an hour deciding what you want, it's gonna not make a choice for you, but you'll just say nothing. Mm. So you want to be making these choices, and the choices uh, change the story dynamically. Uh, if you played The Walking Dead, you know different things can completely change the story, and the same thing is happening uh, for uh, The Wolf Among Us. So it's. Uh, this is from Telltale. Uh, it's on the third episode. It's episodic. And uh, Fables is a game um, that's based on the graphic novel by Will, uh, Bill William- Willingham. And it's uh, all the, uh, what's it called? The fairy tales that you've read growing up. Snow White, Cinderella, uh, Big Bad Wolf. They all get thrown out of their homelands because they all live in like a shared universe uh, by this uh, person called the Adversary. And they have to come slum it in New York. In a place called Fable Town, and they're like they're in the world among us, and you take uh, the reins of Bigby, the big bad wolf, who is Fable Town sheriff, and there's a uh, there's a group of murders that you have to solve, and there's a lot of fan service in it. Like say if you haven't read the books, um, you'll come across a character and you'll be like, holy crap, that's Beauty, and there's beasts, and in the last episode there was Ariel. Who had her name changed, and the position that you find her in is not one for children. Mm-hmm. We'll just yeah. we'll leave it like that. Um, so, like I said, they're episodic. The third episode just came out, and I feel like it was their best one for the wolf, uh, the wolf among us to date. Uh, they kind of took a lot of the gameplay out of it. In the first couple episodes, there'll be parts uh, more so than The Walking Dead, where you'll be almost like in a fist fight, and the game will tell you like, okay, move the stick to the left, and then. Your character will either make the move or won't. You won't. It, there won't be a fail state, but you'll get hit in the face with a you know a baseball bat. Uh, in the third episode, they kind of take that stuff away, and it's more about the choices on how to solve this mystery, which is really cool. Like they'll give you three choices: you can go to the bar, you could go to the suspect's house, or you could go to another uh, person who's um, impeding the investigation and interrogate them. So it leaves it completely open to you, and by doing that. It changes the experience altogether because you'll. I think you'll still get to the same place, but how you get there is totally different. And there's things that you can miss, conversations, uh, choices that you can miss 
by not doing those things in the order that they want you to do them. It leaves it completely up to you. So is, is it kind of like those books you had as a kid where it's like, if you want to go down this corridor, choose your books, own adventure. Yeah, yes. Oh my God, I have so many of them. <laughs> yeah. I still I have those, them. Yeah. <laughs> now, does it feel like you want to know what happened if, uh, with those other choices? Are you going to go back? I will go back for this specific reason. Uh, the trophies in the game, there's ah. this book of fables. So what you have to do is continue talking to everybody and you unlock like a, a thing in the menus where you can go and read about that character. In all of the other ones, I've had no problems. There's always one at the end where it's like either do this or do this and each of them will unlock a book of fables. But on, I, I've never had problems getting any of the other ones. This one, I look back and I missed like three of them. So I know that they were in those choices where it's like, okay, I could have gone here first or here first or here first. So I'll go back and do that. But if you're not into that, like, no, like your story, I think your story is your story. Uh, in The Walking Dead, I don't know many people who would replay things because what's the point? Like then yeah. the story that you you spent 15 hours crafting is almost, you know, doesn't mean anything. Right. So unless you're like hunting for a trophy or achievement, I don't really think there's any reason to go back to it. You just sit there mm -hmm. and you wait for the next episode, which will hopefully be here soon because they're crafting. I mean, Telltale is at the top of their craft right now. Yeah, it's it, – you said that there, the, there's not much gameplay, that it's the story and the choices. I mean, that is the gameplay, right? That, yeah. that's, the, that's the point of the whole game is, is the choices that you make. And it, I really love the look – of Wolf Among Us a lot. I love the the purples and the oh, yeah. and the pinks and and that that very almost neon kind of vibe to it that they use. It's it's a really really interesting game and um the first episode which I've only played the first episode was really cool. I really really dug it. So I think this is the the the, the third one is the best one yet and I thought the first two were excellent. But when I sat down and finished this one I said okay wow like these guys these guys are on to something. I will play anything that Telltale does now. They have other series in the works. They have a, a Borderlands series in the works. They have a Game of Thrones series yeah, in the works. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one I'm looking forward to. But anything that they come out with, now I am I'm going to play. And this is, it's amazing because two years ago, I would have looked at this and been like, I have no interest in this. <laughs> yeah, well, Jurassic Park was a piece of crap, so. Oh, my God, that was terrible. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> now, how many episodes is this going to be? Five. Five? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, something like this, I think I'm going to wait for, for the five of them and then it's either you know, do, jump yeah, through and play them. It, a lot of people do do it that way because it's like, I don't want to wait. Um, but now that I've played and got they got their claws into me, like I can't sit down and wait. I'd love to sit there and play two through four or two through five all together. But at the end of episode one, I was like, nope, gotta, I got to keep going. And It's uh, uh, kind of spitting off what you're talking about with the idea of uh, going back and doing the other stories and, and talking to people. I want to ask you know, you guys about what you do how you feel about story and games in general because you know you mentioned going going into walking dead or going to wolf among us and going back through the different storylines to get trophies or experience the other stuff and for me i always felt like if this game is all about story i want to like you said i want to live my story i don't want to i don't want to break the illusion that there's another thing to do and get to pick and choose i should choose what i'm going to do and stick with it but, you know, when you play some games, especially open-world games, that was a lot, you know, you have this option of, you know, playing through the story or doing all of these side quests and picking up all these items. Like, you just started Assassin's Creed, which is a big open-world game where, you know, you can, decide to, you can decide to go off the main story for however many hours you want and just futz around in the ocean. Uh, what, do we, what do you guys tend to do as far as what order you do this event? Do you kind of do it as it comes? Do you play through the story first? 
Jackie. No, I definitely, I like to complete the area that I can do, collect everything 100% it as much as I can. You know, obviously there's some, ga- some games where you need to upgrade this power or that power to be able to get that thing. And, and you'll have certain games where you'll spend like 15 minutes trying to get up that wall to get that thing on top before you realize you can't do it yet. But everything I can do, I will do and then move on from there. Mm. Interesting. I'm the same exact way. Oh, yeah? I'll do that. Hmm. And like Jackie said, if there's an area that you can't get to unless you have a certain power, uh, if it's marked on the map, that's fine. If it's not like one of the map marked items, I keep a little notepad hmm. and I'll just mark it down yep. and, uh, and I'll head back there later on in the game. And, and then, do you do it the second you get that power? Correct. Yep. Right? Once yeah. I get that power, then you I'll go, go clear anything exactly. I can, you know, that yeah. deals with that power. Yeah. And then I'll just hit all the story stuff until it leads to the next area. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. rinse, wash, yeah. repeat. <laughs> what about you, Justin? Same. I, uh, in, like an open world game, I will almost actively avoid the, fir- the, the story for as long as possible. And it, it, you do that in some games and it's a detriment. Um, but I'll go into an area and I have to clear out the area before I go forward. Like I, for some reason, I'm always afraid that I'm going to move forward and then get locked out of the area I was in. And that's not going to happen anymore because games wised up and stopped doing that. But that happened to me in the past. And that now it's like if I see something, I have to get it because if I don't do it now, what if I get stuck at like I, I go through a door and then I turn around and now the door is closed and I can't go backwards. Yeah. yeah. So I have to 100% an area if I can. Bobby. Yeah. I – it's 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 – different for me because a lot of times it depends on how much I'm enjoying the narrative of the story. It's this weird thing where I'm playing a game where I don't, I don't like to be taken out of the, like the illusion that I'm playing as a character or being or experiencing a story and to like collect like, you know, pieces of paper. If you spend like six hours of gameplay collecting something, it pulls you out of what you're actually doing. Yeah. Cause, cause I started to think about it in my brain and I have like this cognitive dissonance of, okay, so this guy is trying to save the world, but in, he's gonna in his way to saving the world, he's going to spend a bunch of time collecting flowers <laughs> on the side of the road. Yes. Be, you know how ridiculous that I see that in my brain. So with certain games, I just can't do it. Like I, yeah. I have to move on. But also conversely with that, if I finish a story, pretty much I'm not going to collect anything else unless right. I'm just completely devoid of games. Like we're we'll. we'll We'll once again talk about Infamous a little bit tonight because Jackie has been playing it. But you know, I've been kind of, I've, I've been want for kind of story games to play lately. So I've just been, I'll go back to Infamous for like an hour or two, or you know, every other day or something. So I hundred percented through the good playthrough, and you know, now I'm I started over the the game for an evil playthrough, and I, I figure over the next couple of months I'll just kind of play a little bit all the time. I'm not looking forward to the playthrough again because you can't skip any of the cutscenes, which is ridiculous. You can't skip any cutscenes? No. Because it because it because there's no new game plus. It's just a new game. So it doesn't it doesn't even know that you've watched any of the cutscenes yet, so it won't let you skip them. Which is a pain in the ass because I don't want to watch them anymore. I've I just watched them all. <laughs> so there's a problem with that. Mm-hmm. So Infamous is a little bit of an outlier right now just because there isn't a lot out that I want to play. Um uh, so I, I even though I have a bunch of games that I could be playing you know, they have different investment levels that I'm not going to prepare to do. Right. If it's like I can just sit there and just I'm just not really paying attention. And now going back to the story, it's kind of a pain in the ass because I just unlocked the world and I was like, I've already collected everything, so I don't have to collect everything again. I just want to get through the story. But without collecting enough stuff, you you don't get powerful enough to really make it through the story. So I'm going to have to collect a certain amount of things. Yeah, um, I remember uh, 
looking back at it and I was like, well, if I start the evil playthrough, do I have to do uh, everything again? And in one of the trophy guides for it, they'll say like, no, you have to 100% these four areas. And if you do that, you can right. get through the game without having to do anything else. Yeah. I got the trophy where I went to the top of the tall building and did the, the, the comet drop. That was pretty fun. Yeah, that was actually pretty awesome. And that was a fun one to get. I felt, I felt good about it when I did it. But I was a little scared because I hit it and the trophy didn't pop right away. Uh... And I was like, damn, did I not do it? Was I not high <laughs> enough? Because, you know, they're like, oh, you got to... Because you have to kind of have to do, I don't know what, what the hell they call it, but you have to go up and then you have to use kind of like your propulsion a couple of times to get you out far enough so you don't hit the building. But if you hit it, you, if you hit it too many times, you'll start to drop. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's, and there's then very, you won't be high enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I did the, you know, stay in the air for 45 seconds one, which was really easy. That was right. super easy. Yeah, it was really, really easy. But well, Assassin's Creed has the trophy with the, you know, you have to do like a, a dive from 150 meters or mm. something. And that's the same, like that time. You climb all the way up there, and you go in, and you go in, and you get to the top, and you hit the wrong button and fall off. Right. <laughs> so like, many times. So, I mean, I'm just so used to it by now. It used to piss me off with Assassin's Creed, right. but I am just so used to it that it doesn't piss me off anymore. Yep. It's like, okay. It's funny. I'm playing, I'm playing Infamous the second time around on the hardest difficulty, uh, because if I'm going to play it again, and if it's possible I'm going to get that trophy, I might as well do it, because it's the only reason to play through it again. Right. I, I don't... So, but I found that it's not, I'm, I'm not really experiencing it as being much harder. I've heard that, that it's not really that much harder. Just, you'll die a little bit faster, but the enemies aren't more difficult. They are. Oh, and, okay. and I do find actually playing the evil playthrough a little bit, it's easier. It's way easier to play bad because you're, you're, it seems like the smoke power is stronger for one thing. And I'm just headshotting people. Yeah. And executing them. And so I, I'm, not, I'm not worried anymore. I also think, I'm, obviously, I played through the game once, so I'm a little better at the game. I know right. kind of the, the infamous deal. games are known for that, though. Like, if you're yeah. going to play it on hard and uh, do it on evil, because yeah. you could just ransack the city and not worry about, oh, like, oh, I've civilians. I've had a hard time not killing civilians. I really have. I've killed so many of them. Yeah. So, yeah. Are you well, playing good or evil? Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it was funny because I would... Collateral damage. <laughs> the only times I really kill civilians were those, uh, the secret agent missions. Where oh, they give yeah. you the picture, and then like eight people look like him. So you I just, just snipe him, yeah. And um, it's funny, Karen would sit there, and she'd be like, I think it's that guy, and I'd shoot him and be like, you killed a civilian. I'm like, every time. I don't know why I listen to you. Thanks, every, Karen. Thing, every single time, you I know, kill a, a civilian. A neat little tip I learned for those uh, secret agent guys? What? Was in the picture, whatever was in the background of that guy, that's where yeah. the guy always is. Oh, okay. So I didn't he was lean, like, if he was leaning, because one of them, I, I searched for 15 minutes, I couldn't mm. find him, and I, uh, I was looking, and... He had a brick wall behind him, so I looked around for a brick wall, and lo and behold, that's oh. where he was. You know what I would do? What I, I would do is I would, I would just, sh- I would just shoot like on the ground around the people, right. so everybody would then, run away except for him. He would just stand oh, where he was standing. Okay. Right. Yeah. For me, it was just whoever started teleporting or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Then yeah. But once he started teleporting, like hard to catch. eighty nine percent of time, I could never catch him. Yeah. So I just kind of let him go. Yeah. But then once you let him go, he comes back to the same spot he was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would just wait, and then he'd show up, and I just shoot. <laughs> the, the problem was though, you know, the the video power is, is not as strong. So if I ever had that, and even if I got the jump on him, if I shot him, he would just run away. Yeah. So I'd always make sure I switched to smoke or to neon or neon, something. Because neon has the one that slows down time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So my problem, like I'm saying before, is just like I, I had double edged sword for me because I, I will collect things and I, I like collecting things during the story, but but I don't like to take me away from the story. But right. once I'm done with the story, I don't want to collect things anymore. You don't want to just go back in and just no. get everything. No, yeah. because what's driving me towards the end? It was so. It was really tedious for me to even get the 100% on the good playthrough for Infamous. Right. Because I was just... I, 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 well, first of all, I had so many spray painting missions left because <laughs> I just don't like them. So I didn't do them. And I was like, 
I have like 20 spray paint missions left. Oh, I can't imagine having to do those all back to back. Yeah, it, that, are brutal. Yeah, it, that kind of sucked. Um, I did have a couple. I did have one where I did leave one of the towers intact in one of the districts in the mm-hmm. early part of the game. So at least I had like a, a, a packed district to take over. Um, and then, I, I mean, I don't know how much you guys played after you beat the game, but once you beat the game and you clear everything out, they start like randomly generating incidents for you to do. Oh. They're like, oh, the DUP is taking over the, the wharf right now. I'm like, I cleared out the DUP. What's the point? <laughs> yeah. Like, why are there patrol cars still going around my neighborhood? I, it's 0%. <laughs> Who is leading them? Get, the, get them out of here. Yeah, exactly. And they're always like, they're like, you know, they're, they're sending messages to me about like, you know, their leader and stuff like that. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, game's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I won. <laughs> don't you, just let it go um and the paper trail stuff oh god help me uh I, it's like this you know kind of like this arg type of you know you you, you could you have to go you have to finish a mission and then go online and do something yeah, too. i did the, i found the first bit of that and it wouldn't connect me so i just go uh, oh yeah <laughs> well you have to register first if you don't register oh, first yeah. it won't let I you go past left. after you find the wallet and stuff yeah, yeah. Uh, visually it's very cool but i'm like i'm not getting this power so why the hell am i gonna play through this thing Mm-hmm. You know that that's the part that bothers me about it. Yeah, I had no interest. I, I did the first one. I then I realized, wait, I have to go online and do stuff. Mm-hmm. Like look at actual photos online. I'm like, I have no interest in this. Yeah, J- Jackie. So you, well, first of all, you got a PS4 last week. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, <laughs> and now you've had a week to play it. Yeah. And you've played Infamous. Yeah, I've really done nothing but play the PS4 this week. Okay, so for, tell us overall impressions so far. And I'm then... love, I'm loving it. Yeah, it's you know I like um, the Assassin's Creed games. I like the Arkham Asylum, Ark, you know those kind of games. And for me, it's like the same kind of style. I have to eat my words from last week because I said I'm no interest in stories or anything. I'm actually really enjoying this one. Mm. I love the characters. I like the interactions. It's a lot of fun. Um, I really haven't got a bad thing to say about it. I'm really enjoying it a lot. So obviously this is your first infamous game because you didn't yeah. have a PS3. Right. Um, how are you feeling about it in kind of, let's say, first of all, controls compared to a lot of the other open world games you play? Right. And be in it kind of the, the setting and environment. I, I love it. I love that it's, um, you know, it's Seattle, but it's kind of almost post-apocalyptic. It's, you know, it's got that kind of weird design to it. I love how free it is, like Justin was saying earlier. I love how once you get the neon power and you upgrade it, it's just like zzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzz
this thing where the, the fretboard was like really intensely designed. There was like a lot of like, you know, flashy, flashy stuff, stuff on yeah. it. Like there, you know, the, the crazy designs and all this stuff. And a lot of people were getting motion sick from it because you know you're focusing so hard on it that it, you're you're kind of in a trance and the, the the shapes and weirdness that was coming by certain people was really seriously affecting them. And I never get motion sick or anything from from video games, but like I would I would play it and then the world would start to like move and my eye would start to twitch and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened <laughs> with yeah. me. It yeah. is the weirdest feeling. Wow. Yeah. Well, I was working in the Ninte- I worked in the Nintendo store for for um, a season when the Wii came out, and oh god, we were you know there was like you know thousands of people would come in every day. And they would play, all pick up these controllers, and they'd be disgusting. But that's neither. <laughs> and there would be like one homeless guy would always come in and play, and we'd have to like sanitize the controllers and stuff afterwards because they nice. would smell after after oh. he played. But one time, this, this person was playing. I forgot what they were playing. They were playing like Rayman, Raving Rabbids, or something. And they were playing and they were playing. And then all of a sudden, like I was like, okay, um, you guys are all done. And they were just like standing stock still, staring at the, the screen. And I was like. Um, can you just give me the controller? And then they were just, and they started just shaking. Oh, they started to have a seizure. Oh my god! Wh- the game, and like I like, grabbed the controller and like took it out of their hands, and like we like then they like, collapsed like into my arms, like he was like falling down. We like bring him somewhere um, dark, like in a dark hallway, and we give him a, like gave him a soda and like just like sit down, like. But it was crazy. It was really scary for a couple minutes. Yeah. So those seizure warnings that they put at the beginning of games now they do happen. They do happen. Right. They absolutely do happen. It was, <laughs> it was it was an intense experience. The only time I ever get really nauseous playing a game, it's the same series. It's Call of Duty. Oh really? Like, really? The campaign. Uh, the first time it ever happened to me was um, the really controversial one. I think oh. it's the no Russian level. No Russian, yeah. Ah. And the level after that, I don't know what it was, but like they like they have like a very realistic like blood splatter on the screen when you're getting shot in the campaign modes. Even in Ghosts, um, I was playing it. It only happens to me once though. Like when I first put the disc in and start playing, and then I'm like, oh man, like I I can't do this right now. If I come back to it later, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But it happened to me. Like I I always thought it was like a one like a one time deal that that ever happened. But when I sat down to play Ghosts, it was like first time i was playing the campaign was maybe like 12 45 at night and i was like sort of tired but i put it in and that first level i was like here it is again i don't understand this mm. came back the next day totally fine that's wow. weird yeah. that's really weird. strange i don't know it's just a, maybe it's that like you know that blood splatter on the screen normally mm. that stuff does not bother me at all but for some reason their design happens to get to me the first time i see it yeah or i'm not used to it but yeah that's that's my little weirdness and if you're tired too it definitely it oh, definitely yeah. affects it yeah it absolutely affects it um. So, anything else you've been playing on your PS4? Well, funnily enough, the PS4 is pluses and minuses. Now, I was saying earlier, I have been nothing but happy with this system. The Xbox One, from the day I got it, it was always one problem or another. It didn't do this, or I wanted it to do that. Never understands me the Connect, not set up for English accents, because works for my <laughs> nine-year-old son, but not for me. Uh, the PS4, I had it plugged in and set up with the PS Plus account in 10 minutes. And I was playing, I've been playing it since, and I absolutely love it. I love the setup, I love how everything works on it, absolutely love it. The only minus point is I came home the other day to find my other half playing it. Now, I've never had to share a console before because he does not game. So, you know, it may be an issue in the future. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. 
Uh-oh. But I've also been playing a lot of Trials Fusion after oh, the shit really? show last week with our multiplayer madness. I was like, right, let me try this again. <laughs> and I will say it's actually a good one-player game. Oh, yeah, it's a great one-player yeah. game. Yeah. The trouble with the multiplayer is the one-player game takes some skill and some time. You can't just hit the accelerator and get up every hill. You have to think about it. You have to work it out. Multiplayer forces you just to go for it. Because if you don't go for it before someone else does, you're going to drop off the back of the screen and you're going to fall. So that's the excuse for last week's shit show. <laughs> well, it's also one of the things where we were kind of all playing it, having barely played any trials. Yeah. And really, in the multiplayer, you kind of are supposed to play it that way as well. But right. none of us were playing no, it that exactly. way. Yeah. We were just going for it, you know, yeah. like it was a like it was a regular racing game, and it's not. It's it, really not. Yeah. It's not. Um, and it's actually a very good one player game. Yeah, it's, I've had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it's 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 a cool game. I played probably another hour or two. Of it. And it was funny. There are people on Twitter being like, oh, I was trying to beat Bobby Shortle's time. I, mean, I am horrible at Trials <laughs> Fusion. I am horrible at it. Uh, I have fun with it, though. You know, I, tr- I, the thing is, like, if I, it's, it's weird. It's almost like a rhythm game to me. Like, when I get into the, I get into the flow, I'm like, okay, lean. No, up, lean forward, lean back, lean back, accelerate, break. I, I, I can do pretty well at it. Yeah. It, it, but sometimes it just goes away. Yeah, it just true. goes away. I think when you do it too much, you can play the same track. Like I've, I've got, I've got a gold medal in every single track for like the first three sections, which requires playing it like forty or fifty times in a row. Mm-hmm. And the first thirty, you're getting there, you're getting there. Thirty to forty, <gasps> you are crashing within five seconds because your brain just comes completely out of it, and you've done it too many times. And you just have to take a minute and go back in. Yeah, that's happened to me on so many games where yeah. you'll sit there, get stuck have no clue what to do yep turn it off wake up in the morning <laughs> exactly. and it takes you a second and you're yeah. like what the hell was i doing last yep. night yeah so i know i know the feeling <laughs> yeah i in trials for anybody who it, it doesn't know is it's sort of it's it's a dirt bike skill-based game. dirt bike game yeah. you know it, it's, it's excite bite excite bite from, from nintendo with yeah nice graphics and a, a, a lot more skill yeah i mean yeah. it's also kind of a platformer too that's the weird thing it's yeah. not just yeah. a racing game it's very much a platformer you're you're trying to navigate multi-tiered levels and like crazy jumps like yeah. it's you know out of this world jumps yeah but it's it's a lot of fun yeah and it's a crazy amount of precision in how you control the rider of the bike that's what i think what makes it yeah. a lot different than a lot of other games where you know the handling of your bike is obviously important but you're more controlling the person riding the bike than you are controlling yeah. the bike itself uh, and that's, I think, a distinct difference than a lot of racing games in general, whether it be a, a, a game like Forza or anything like that. You're, you're basically you're playing as the car in, in, in yeah. those games. In this game, you're, you're playing as the person on the bike. Yeah. And so every little, your momentum and, and your body position are very, very important to, how, to how, how you finish a level. And I always find myself, because they're, they're short levels, you know, the, they're the most, if, you, if you're running through them smoothly, 30 to 45 seconds it gets generally up to like a minute yeah. yeah so 30 seconds to a minute yeah for for a track and you have checkpoints along the way and you'll be restart that checkpoint if, if you crash but i i find that certain tracks and it's it's this feeling like i can do this right so yeah and those tracks no matter where i am if i crash i go back to the beginning Absolutely. yeah so do i yeah i'm a, you know the, the tracks where i'm like just lucky to get through i'll start the last checkpoint <laughs> right exactly you know but there are times where i'm like i know i can do this i can absolutely do there's this there's one i think the first couple of sections there's a big like actual dirt track you know you go up some like big it, but it's like doing a um like a you know cross mm. and you get all the way through like to about 40 seconds 
and it's the last two bumps before the finish line I would wipe out every single time which is so frustrating because you've just put like you know you've done practically the whole track over and over and over and the number of times I went across the finish line on my head which is not good enough to finish it's really really frustrating yeah it, but it's cool that you found like some enjoyment out of it absolutely after last yeah. week it's funny that you downloaded it I know <laughs> well it's because I, I wanted something to play and I was yeah. like oh just 20 bucks yeah. I get that yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. there's a lot of great um, you know, downloadable games on the PS4 right now it's kind of what's holding the system up yeah, right, right now, now are the downloadable games so did you get PS Plus Yes, I did. You did. So did yes. you download Mercenary Kings? Is that what I the did, free game yeah. is? I did, yeah. I didn't play it for much. Mm. I played it, you know, a couple of levels, but yeah, yeah, kind of lost interest in that. I have a little of an annoyance with that game. I just couldn't get into it. Yeah. I was into it for two, three days straight, uh, and then, you know, I just dropped, dropped off, knowing it was kind of something that was just going to be so repetitive, find, yeah. find these items, upgrade, find these items, upgrade. Yeah. Octo Dad's Dadliest Catch came out this mm. week. I'm definitely going to play that. I just I downloaded it. You downloaded it, it yep. right, mm-hmm. Justin? We started. What's, what's that one? Yeah, you want to explain it, Justin? <laughs> yeah, so Octo Dad Dadliest Catch is about this totally normal family, right? Yeah. Except the dad is an octopus. <laughs> okay. But he's masquerading as a human, and right. nobody, no, like, nobody knows except for, I think it's his next-door neighbor. I'm not sure who the protagonist is, but somebody knows he's an octopus and is like trying to catch him. But the What's thing is, so wrong with being an octopus? Why are they trying to catch it's him? It's the local butcher or something like that. It's, <laughs> it's one of the, a chef of the town. Ah, yeah, oh, that makes okay. sense. Yeah, because otherwise, it's just leave the guy alone. If he wants to pass as human, it's up to him. You know. <laughs> so he's like wearing like a three-piece suit. Uh, but the thing is, like from the videos I've seen, like when he's walking, he's just like got the tentacles out everywhere. So it's like everything he's doing, he's just like crashing into everything. Like if an octopus right. was trying to masquerade as a human, you could picture what that would look like if he was trying to open the refrigerator and give his kid some orange juice. Right. So it's supposed to be a more of like a comedic experience, kind of okay. like Goat Simulator. Yeah. Um, but it was it came out on PC um, a couple of months ago, and everyone who's played it's like, you just, you just have to play this. Like, <laughs> cool. Okay. It's just supposed to be stupid fun. Yeah. So mm-hmm. for Plus members, So we'll hear it was about like, that next week, maybe? Yeah. I'm definitely going to, probably when you guys leave, I'm going to turn it on, because I've been <laughs> cool. wanting to see it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like $11 for Plus members, $15 okay. otherwise. Yeah. That's definitely, a, I was really impressed with that. It's like 50 bucks and the free games and yeah, it's definitely a better deal than Xbox Live. Oh yeah, it's yeah. absolutely, they, they really kind of uh, grabbed that from underneath Microsoft yeah. in a lot of ways. Well, now Microsoft playing catch up. Yeah, you know, but not like, in a very good way. No. <laughs> I'll be interested to see what happens because uh, all the free plus games have been downloadables. Yeah. And they've all been like really good, but I'd be interested to see what their first PlayStation like actual $60 retail free plus game is going to be. Killzone Shadowfall. No, I'm going to say Knack. Yeah, no, I, I think would say Knack too. I feel like th- the reason I say Killzone is because I feel like they like to put games on there that people want to play, and I don't think a lot of people want to play Knack. I want to play Knack. That's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> and also I think that Killzone Shadowfall sold very, very well. It's for atta- them. its attach rate is like one in three. Yeah, so I feel like th- they, you know, they've like, okay, we made the money on the game. Now we can start to use it as an incentive, but. I think you won't see it for a while because the good thing about the PS3, right, is that there's such a huge catalog for them to, to grab from. And that's why you're seeing on PS4 new games yeah. end up being the games on the on the uh, on PS Plus because there's not an old catalog to go back to to, to, to bring it up. Um, and I don't think they want to do the thing where a game comes out 
for pay one month, and then the next month it's on PS Plus because they're going to piss off a lot of. No, they have to. Yeah. They have to pull it back. It's going to be one of their first titles, and yeah. it won't be probably for another six months or something. I was just wondering. I'm just curious to see which one it was. I'd be surprised if it was Shadowfall, just because of the replayability with multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Like people, I mean, that multiplayer is actually really good. Um, and most of the games, oh, I can't say that because a year later they gave away, um, not even a year, uh, what's that game on PS3? Uh, Payday. Mm. Payday was free a couple of months ago and that game came out in September on PS3. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, looking back at it, yeah, I mean, Shadowfall wouldn't be a bad one. Yeah. I think, I think it's the one that would be most interesting to people as far as it kind of, I mean, oh yeah, I'll play that. I'll definitely download it and get it. So, um, I, I, I'm just see, I think that I want to see what as we, these bigger downloadable games are coming out, what ends up being the PS Plus games and what doesn't. Because uh, I think now we look at stuff like, you know, we have Child of Light coming out next week, I believe. So that, mm. that's still in April, though. So that's not going to be free because we already have our free April game. So it's going to be something in May that comes out. I have no idea what that's going to be. Possibly Transistor, which... It, it's not Transistor. I know that. You know Actually, that, there was a rumor of what it was. If you give me a minute, I can You know that for it. sure? Yeah, Transistor is, is... They have price points out for it. Well, I mean, it's still going to be for pay if you're not a PlayStation Plus member. Mercenary Kings has a price point for it, and it's and you know it is PS Plus, so I, it just seems like that's the game uh, that's coming out in May that we know about. That because some some very high profile games have been PS Plus games so far. Um, but Jackie, are there any other features on the PS4 that you've been messing around with that you enjoyed? I was fully intending to, and then Justin let me infamous, and I've okay. had a real hard time doing anything else. Okay, <laughs> all right, stick it to <laughs> the, give me some time. Right. Stick it to the man is uh, May's PS4 Plus game. Did they announce that? Uh, on PlayStation Blog, yes. Oh, wow, cool. I didn't so, realize it was their announcement. Yeah. Uh, Stick It to the Man for PS4, Puppeteer for PS3, and uh, Muramasa Rebirth for Vita. Oh, cool. Puppeteer, that's awesome. Yeah. I want to play that game. Puppeteer is amazing. <coughs> yeah. Beautiful. They're putting such good games for, for the PS3, PS Plus still. It's pretty awesome. Um, so, Rob. Mm-hmm. I know what you've been playing. <laughs> well, yes. one of the things you have right in front of you. Uh, uh, yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about Final Fantasy fourteen. A Realm Reborn. I I fell into the hole <laughs> and I do not intend to crawl out of it. It it's not gonna happen. Uh so when when they were doing the PS4 beta, I downloaded it to try it out. And uh I mean I was a huge MMO guy in the past. Uh I played World of Warcraft for many a years, many, many a years. And I I finally got myself to step away, delete it, say no more. <clears throat> this this was just too tempting to try out. I had a bunch of friends that were playing and so yeah, I I downloaded it and it it got me. Hmm. It is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um and you could play controller or keyboard and mouse either way. Um, on the PS4. On the PS4. Which is pretty crazy. So people know MMO. It's multi, massively multiplayer online game. And this is an RPG, so it's MMO. RPG. Mm-hmm. So Final Fantasy. I mean, it's weird, right? Because it's not... There was another online when 11 was online. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and when this game came out initially, 14, it was horrible. A hot mess. Yeah. And didn't work for anybody. No. And so and now they relaunched it earlier this year on PC and PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's finally released on PS4. So you, you, you started out creating a character, obviously. So what did you, what did you make? Uh, I made an archer, okay. like a little elvish cat type 
archer. All right. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, that always happens. Like the Khajiit. I'm always a Khajiit. Oh, yeah. Archer. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I always wind up playing like a, a long distance bandit type character. Um, but like I said, I had a bunch of people playing. So the moment I logged on, I was invited to a free company. That's their version of guilds. Uh, I had a bunch of people that were there to help me out. But the weird thing was, like I said, you can play it with a controller. But when you have like four or five people warp in and surround you and they start greeting you, it's just impossible to sit there and answer everyone with the controller and hmm. go in and type. And so the next day I just went out and bought a $5 mouse, a $10 keyboard, uh, the cheapest ones I could find, and works perfectly. Uh, so now I could, you know, it's, it's second nature now. It's just like playing WoW. You set up your hot bars and jump right in. Uh, uh, the lore, the lore itself, if, if you're a Final Fantasy fan, then, you know, it has the Warriors of Light, it has crystals, uh, you know, so all of the main Final Fantasy tropes are there. So um, I guess, you know, it's, it's easy to get into if, if you like Final Fantasy. Yeah, what's the, uh, you mentioned the hot bars and stuff like that. What does what the battle system kind of entail? Uh, well, you get into an encounter. Um, as you level up, you get different different abilities, and you place them on your hotbar. You know, let's say the one key, the two key, the three key, and you get into a cycle. So you'll get into an encounter. You know, you hit one to, let's say, disarm your enemy. You hit two to do a strong attack. You hit three to bind them, and then you just keep doing your rotation. As you get more powers, you'll have you know, a different rotation just to get maximum damage out of different characters. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing I like about it is that with most MMOs, if someone casts a spell at you and you're targeted, you can't just, like, step out of the way. That thing will go around in circles until it hits you. With this, the enemies have either attack cones or area of attacks that they'll place around. So you could see a big circle on the ground. Let's say someone throws a fireball at the ground you'll see a circle laid down on the ground and if you step out of that circle you'll be away from the damage uh most mmos really haven't done that in the past so it just it adds an element of actually moving around and not having to stand in one spot and just hit a button hit a button hit a button so you are running around and and you know doing stuff during a fight right i think there's definitely i played about four four hours of it and i think there's definitely a, a disconnect I can't play with the keyboard because I would be horrible at it. But I, 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 there is a disconnect playing with the controller because you're running around with you know the stick and you ex kind of expect to be able to play it like you play a console game, right? You're like, I, I'm going to hit the trigger, or I'm going to hit X, or I'm going to hit Y, I'm going to triangle, whatever, and it's going to do something. It's going to, but you know, you you in in when you're playing with the controller, it, I think it does a good job of mapping below for you like how you use your powers. Like it will show you like. So you got to hit R2 to bring up these powers, and then it will give you, you know, the face buttons to you hit this face button to this power, this do that, this do that. So it's pretty easy. It gives you it gives you a constant guide, so you're not trying to remember button presses as, as you go along. But I, I do find that, and I'm just very early in the game. When I get into any encounter, it's like there are spots where I'm waiting for for one of my powers to cool down because you get a meter, you use a power, and then it, it ticks down until until it's ready to go again. And when you have only two. I think two powers we have right now. There are times where both of them are ticking down 
when you're playing, and so you're kind of you're helpless. I know that's part of the mm-hmm. it's part of the way that those games work. Mm-hmm. But I think for console gamers, it's it's a tough thing because it's not something you're used to in an active battle situation. If it was turn based, that'd be a, a different thing because you would you would know I go, then I have to wait, then I go again. Uh, but the, the way that it works, sometimes I get a little frustrated just because of the fact that I'm using a controller and I'm expecting it to play like a console game. I will say this too. I, the the first like three hours of the game, I, they're incredibly slow. Oh, yeah. It's so slow. It, it's it, You have to go through so much like stuff before you ever walk out in the world and get to any battles. It gets a little bit frustrating. You kind of have to run around this like citadel for a while and you know you have to someone's like i need i need you to talk to this person you talk to that person like okay go talk to this person and they're like okay you go talk to this person okay get me three people to come join my guild or as you go around you know and it's a lot of that stuff where there some where someone's finally like go outside and kill three blood oranges and then bring me their skins or something you know yeah i mean so that that part is a little bit tough it is cool i'm not a i'm a pretty I'm a, I'm a Final Fantasy fan. I wouldn't call myself a big fan. I played a few of the games and I've enjoyed what I played. So I recognize some of the characters and stuff like that. My, uh, my fiance was, is a huge Final Fantasy fan, so she was watching me play. And like when the cactars show up or whatever, uh, she was really excited to see them. You know, and there's chocobos running around you know, as mounts and stuff, and it's definitely a cool world and it looks really good. It is funny. MMOs are very funny to me, though, and it's the first one of these that my fans like Karen has seen being played. Oh, wow. Okay. So when the really ridiculous stuff happens, like, she was getting a big, big kick out of it because you're in it with people, so people are going to act really stupid. And so when you start doing, like, the the, the, the greetings and the, and the, and the emotes, it, it's very, very interesting, and everybody is running everywhere. Just, like, at all times, people are just sprinting through the world <laughs> with, no, you know, with, no, with no direction or cause, but... What is it about the game that really is sucking you in, Rob? Uh, honestly, it's probably the the social aspect of it. Um, you know, being late at night, I'm, I tend not to sleep. Uh, and jumping on, knowing that there's going to be five or six people that I know, and just using that as as a way to, you know, talk to your friends. Uh, and then as you're running around and doing quests together or uh, what we do... On the iPhone, there's a app called Mumble, so we kind of use that as our chat base, basically. Mm-hmm. You just throw headphones on and use your iPhone so you could talk to each other as you're playing. You don't have to sit there and type every two mm. seconds. Does the game not have voice chat at all? You can't use the party system on the PS4 to do it? You can use the party system if you want, but if you're not, you know, let's say your guild has 150 people. Oh, you're not going to sit there and talk to 150 people at once. So right. you only have a select few people. And if they're not your friends mm-hmm. on the PS4, you know, if, if they just come in, in that room, right. then that's fine. But yeah, I mean, if, if you're playing with, with real life friends and, yeah. and you are friends with them on the PS4, mm. by all means, you could use the party system gotcha. if you want. Um, but yeah, the social aspect is key, is huge. Uh, but again, it's it's... Another thing, it's probably the the addictive factor of wanting to level up and get the next weapon or better armor. Mm. That's how it was with Warcraft for me, so that's definitely how it is. Are you into the story at all, or do you not care about it? No, no, the story is actually cool. Um, They do have main story quests that that go through the game, um, and it actually plays off of how terrible Final Fantasy XIV was at first. So this is Final Fantasy A Realm Reborn, 
what they did is they had a big event at the end of Final Fantasy XIV's life where they had Bahamut come and just destroy everything, basically. So all the characters that survived are kind of like hero characters in this game, and they recount events that happened in the past and you know, lead you through the new story of the upcoming, you know, clans and bad guys that are trying to take over. So, yeah, it, it, the story is good. Cool. Yeah. Cool. It's the, And there's, I guess, there isn't really any voice acting, right? I mean, there's voice acting in the cutscenes. Yeah, in some of the cutscenes there's But none of the character acting. directions are voice acted. No, no. No, not the main character. Which, that is also another thing that, that bothers me a little bit. Because I know that I'm excited about Elder Scrolls. Uh, online and Elder Scrolls Online has voice acting for like everything, mm-hmm. so I think that that's pretty cool. You know, also there's so and I it's a good thing about the game because it lets you it makes it easier to understand the controls. But there are so many HUD elements on the screen at one time. There's got the bar at the bottom which stretches the whole screen and it's big. It's it's a, it's a good chunk of your screen. Mm-hmm. Then there's the side stuff and there's the top bar. It like a lot of your screen is obscured by um, diddly doos. <laughs> you, you can go in and. And shrink and enlarge any of that that you want. So if you don't want to even see the chat mm-hmm. on the side, you can go make it disappear. If you okay. want that little bar at the bottom to be smaller, you could shrink it. So you could do, you know, you can manipulate anything mm-hmm. on your HUD. Interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Justin, any interest in MMOs at all for you? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm new to the genre. Um, we were talking before the podcast started, and my barrier to MMOs, on especially on... Um, PC was I can't use my left hand for you know WSAD and then the move to get to your your hotkey bar like your one two three four five like I, I could not do that so I ended up getting a mouse that has all the key buttons on the mouse and I started playing um, Guild Wars two uh, and I love that game um, so uh, me and a couple of friends are playing it and then one day we just stopped and not because the game was bad or anything it's just like oh something else came up and just like now we were like we jumped into Smite but I, I can't wait to dive back into that game. Um, so like I'm excited now. Like when I came back from PAX, I, I said I was going to build a rig. Like I'm excited. Like this is a whole new genre of games opening up for me. I'm super stoked to try Elder Scrolls Online. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be playing it on the console. I played uh, DC Universe Online yeah. on the PS3, and I put it like a healthy amount of time into that. But it was a tough because once you hit the level cap, and if you ever tried like any PvP stuff, you had no chance whatsoever, just because everybody else is so buffed from playing for so long. And I'm sure you could sit there and play PvP over and over and die over and over just to gain, like, a little bit of experience to help yourself level up. But I had, like, no interest in doing that. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, but if you haven't tried DC Universe Online and you're listening to this, you should definitely give it a shot. It's it's a pretty fun game. Yeah. Free to play on the PS4. Yep. So you should get it. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a strong, yeah. I, I'm waiting for Elder Scrolls. Yeah. So that's, you're excited about Elder Scrolls yeah. Online. You're going to yeah. get it on the PS4 now? Yeah, I pre-ordered it on the Xbox, so well, I'm hoping I can just cancel that pre-order because yeah. we're all going to play on the PS4. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, that will be fun. If we'll we form play. a nice talking games guild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be good true. times. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very good point. It'll yeah. be my first online gaming. Well, MMO. Yeah, you I've no. You've never I, played a game online ever against nope. someone. Nope. Wow. <laughs> I don't do it. I really don't do it. That's crazy. One player game only. Not against other people. That's crazy talk. Yeah, crazy talk. <laughs> Speaking of one player games, so I um, there's story DLC that came out this week for Arkham Origins. Oh, cool. Yeah, Cold as Ice or something like that. Is it out this week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Pretty sure. 
Oh, well, I got a review code for it. <laughs> okay, so it was this but, week for you. I don't think it's this week for everybody. But my, uh, my email said it's out this week, so maybe I meant next week. But maybe, okay. I got it like on re- like w- when it would be released. Yeah, I, but think, uh, I, th- I think it might be next week. Gotcha. But it could be this week. I'm, I, I'm not sure. But I, if it was, I think I would have picked it up and started playing it by now. It's <laughs> the only reason I've, hold, I've held on to that game. Cold Cold Heart is the name of it. And it has Mr. Freeze in it. So oh, cool. I'm excited and it's got some about that. Crazy uh, bat suit in it. Yeah, it does? Yeah, like cool. yeah, he has some like special type of bat suit to fight Freeze. Nice. Excited about that. So I'm definitely going to be checking that out and we'll talk about it at some point. There was a the uh, there was a big trailer this week uh, that just uh they showed for um Dragon Age mm. Inquisition. Yes. I tweeted that out. I sent it to Jackie. Jackie, yeah. what did you think? Amazing. Looks really nice, it doesn't really it? It does, yeah. Yeah. I watched that whole video you sent me as well. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that well, this in a video. Yeah. It this at like... least wasn't off screen. This was like, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, showing you what the game's actually going to look like. I actually, after watching that, I, pick, I uh, picked up Dragon Age 2 again and started playing a bit of that. I love and, it. Yeah, it I was fun. I love Dragon Age. It was, I, no, it was funny. It was, I only stopped playing it because I got the PS4. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I want to get back to it. I haven't ever played a Dragon Age. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Me neither. Me neither. But this uh, this trailer looks uh, amazing, yeah. and it comes out on October seventh. It looks really, really pretty. Cold, cold heart is out. Really? Yes. Oh, I'll have to download that when we're done here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so Octodad or Cold? Which one? Octodad's probably going to be the winner. Okay. <laughs> but it's Batman. I know it's Batman. Batman mm. can Batman can wait. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm excited about playing it. I, I that game had its flaws, Arkham Origins, but I I definitely still enjoyed it. I can't believe I, there hasn't been any reviews up for it yet. Like, like that's that's crazy. Oh, that's Usually funny. for like DLC stuff, they'll have like like Burial at Sea. They'll have the review up like a day before it comes out or the day it comes out, and they haven't reviewed it yet. I don't know what's going on, man. Well, we'll check up? it out. Yeah, we'll check it out. Yeah. We'll talk about that next week. We definitely, definitely will. Yeah. Um. So, did you play anything else? I don't remember your email. Nope. That's it, right? That's been it. That was it for me. All right. So I got a Vita. Yes, Ooh. got a PlayStation what Vita. What made you get a Vita? I've been wanting one for a while, mm-hmm. and I was kind of just looking for an excuse. Okay, and then I got a bonus at work, so that was the excuse to get a Vita. <laughs> 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 um, so I picked one up, and you know, I have I'm a PS Plus member, so what's cool about it is uh, I got a, one of the main reasons I really got it was I really love the idea of the remote play feature, being mm-hmm. able to play full fl- my PS4 on this portable device from really um, anywhere. You know, as long as your PS4 is hooked up to the internet and your Vita is hooked up to the internet, you can turn on your Vita, turn on remote play, and theoretically, you you can play your PS4 and control your PS4 from anywhere. Wow. um, Which is a pretty awesome feature. I've tried it twice. It worked once. It didn't work the other time. But there's lots of reasons why it, it, it might not have worked because my PS4 might have shut down. There might have, you know, whatever. So... Um, I got the system and without buying a single game I had like 15 games on my system because of PS Plus because over the last you know 7 or 8 months when I've had PlayStation Plus for my PS3 and PS4 I've just always made sure I purchased and downloaded the P- Vita games as well because I'm like well one day I'm going to probably have a Vita so I'll have these games waiting for me when, when, I, when, I, get, when I get to it um, and some of the games were just cross by uh, so I, I, I had Hotline Miami and Spelunky and a couple of their games. Thomas was alone. Games like that, uh, Lone Survivor. Um, th- these games that uh, you know were, were cross by no matter what, what you did with them on the on the PS3 and PS4. So 
I, I got it, and I actually played a little bit of Infamous uh, on it. And oh, that's cool. The best thing about that was that I didn't have to do the spray can missions because they just skip them automatically because <laughs> it doesn't have the sensor in order to you know know where you're pointing and everything like that because you can't point it because you can't see the screen if you're if you're moving it around. I was all ready to do it too. I was like shaking the Vita and I just I just <laughs> skipped it and went by. So that's cool, and they look good. They they, they lock it at thirty frames a second. Um, so a, a lot of games that are higher than that will probably run a little bit slower, but it makes sure that you know you don't have any performance issues while you're playing the games and. I, you know, I played Infamous on it for a couple of hours, and it never faltered. It never lost connection. It, it worked great. That's so amazing. Yeah. yeah. It looked fantastic, too. And it was fun. You know, you know it's a little bit weird because the, the Vita doesn't have back buttons. It only has R1 and R2, or I mean L1 and L2. Uh, it doesn't have the back R2 and L2. So they, they transfer those to the touchscreen. So you have to touch the screen for them, which can give you a little bit weird when you get into really, really intense situations. Like the, the front screen or the back? The front screen. Not the back pad? No, That's strange. Um, that is weird. There might be a way to configure it differently, but for me, when I was doing it, it was I looked at the they give you think about it, they give you button guide. If you hit the the, the PS button, it, it gives you a button guide, and you can look up what each where each one is, and uh, it gives you kind of an idea. And the like the, in the touch screen, the the top right and left of the touch screen were the right and left buttons, and then the middle of the touch screen was the. The, the kind of the touchpad from the, from the PS4 controller. So it's how you absorb powers and, and, and stuff like that. Um, so that was really, really cool. And it looks great, too, uh, which is awesome. That screen is beautiful. I got one of the, uh, not the slim, the, the previous model. So I have the OLED mm-hmm. screen, which is really, really nice. Um, beautiful-looking screen. I also bought a 16-gig memory card, which was, you know, like $35 because we don't, <laughs> cause Sony lives in, like, you know, 2001 yeah. where it costs that much. I can buy a, I can buy a 128-gig memory stick. But for, it's, not, it's not from Sony, so you can't use it. not from Sony. I can't use it. It's just bullshit. That, that's, I was saying it before, but it kills me that they could still get away with that. Yeah. I can you know, re- every other system has, yeah. has said, okay, okay, we'll yeah. just give you SD stuff. Yeah. Even the PS4. Mm-hmm. The PlayStation's the, the, the cool thing about PS4 and PS3 was you can open it up and put any fucking laptop hard drive you want in it. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Yeah, I, I don't understand th- this need to constrict. They're gonna have to change their stance on that if they want the Vita to ever take off. Yeah, I don't think that's ever gonna happen though. <laughs> they can't do it now. They can't fundamentally change the system now. You know, you add a slot maybe, but that's just going to make the system more expensive. So they'll just make a Vita go with with no oh, slots at all. Yeah. You don't mm-hmm. think that they could just uh, in a software setting? Like, I mean, the the card sizes are the same. They're, they're micro cards, aren't yeah, they? No, they're not the same. They're they're different. Um, there's uh, there's something proprietary different about them because it oh. couldn't just be regular cards or somebody with would have already figured out a way to hack it so that they would work. That makes sense. Yeah, that's true. Uh, um, and they did the same thing with the PSP. They made you buy those ridiculous memory sticks for that no was- reason. It's just insane, stupid. also. Just really stupid. And for a system that puts a, a focus on downloading games, like they make it so difficult to have memory in your system. I've already maxed mine out. Mine yeah. was 16 gig, and it's maxed. I mean, look, you can delete games and re-download them, and I don't mind doing that. I I, I owned a Wii. I had I had to do that a bunch on, on the Wii, so I, I get it. I, I don't really care, but it's a little bit weird. I mean, I just bought the 16 gig because I was like, I need it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna futz around with anything smaller. I know if I want to download a bunch of games, it'll it'll be okay. So. I did download um, Luftrausers Luftrausers on the on the PS Vita, which is also on the PS3. I've only been playing on the Vita because I haven't turned on my PS3 in like three weeks, so uh, I haven't even checked it out there yet. So it's weird because it it seems like it would be a dual stick shooter, right? That's what it looks like when you play it. It's it's not. It's 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 a game. It's funny. I played it for maybe two hours. I don't really understand how to be good at it. I just don't get it. Like it's there's a lot of lot to do with momentum. You're, 
one of the cool things about the game. So it's 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 it almost looks like in a you know like an Atari game uh, or like one of those old like Tiger handheld games. It's with like more you know it's obviously smooth animations. It look great, but the style is very simplistic. And you're a little plane that launches out of a air, like a, a, an aircraft carrier, and you get into you know dogfights with other with other airplanes and. There's also ships shooting at you from from the water, and you have to shoot them and destroy them and, and not get killed yourself. Um, and one of the cool systems, I think, the system that is cool is that while you're shooting, you don't regain health, so you have to stop shooting in order to regain your health, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but the game is like it's all about thrusting. You thrust, and you have to point the way you want to thrust, and then when you let it go. You can't just change on a dime. So if you're going up and you try to hit down, nothing happens. Like you just, you, you, your your ship just kind of cur- like tips a little bit. It's but, like joust almost. It has like yeah, a joust type feel. Yeah, exactly. And so it's very precise. You have, you, there's a lot of a lot of the game is not using your your jets at all. It's letting yourself fall, and that's the way you kind of change your direction and keep moving. But I, I guess my brain is fighting against. My, my fingers because I I want to play it like Super Stardust or something like that because that's what it feels like it should be to me and, and it's just not that so I had a really tough time doing anything good in it you know I would I was like watching video reviews of it and trying to figure out how to do it and I just for some reason I could not get good at it so I, I didn't play much of that but a, but smooth really fun experience to have on the Vita if if you're good at it but I wasn't I wasn't very good I played at it. it online uh, when I was waiting at PAX for a couple of hours and. Same thing as you. I was like, I, <coughs> excuse me, I was enjoying it, but there was like, there's these little challenges at the bottom. It's like, uh, kill 20 guys in one go. And yeah. as you're going, you can then upgrade your weapons or your ship and, and whatnot. But there was one challenge. It was like, kill six ships without taking any damage. <laughs> like, or like, kill a ship while being at 100% health, which is extremely hard to do because of the controls. Because in a way, like you have to let, kind of let yourself be falling towards the ship, yeah. who's shooting at you directly on, and <laughs> yeah. it's like I don't understand how to destroy you without um, taking without any taking any damage. Yeah. So at that point, I was just like, I don't know if I can go any further because I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do this. Yeah. But until that point, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it, I'm just not good at it, so it's not tough for me to have fun with games I'm not good at. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I played, you know, I had a bunch of games kind of waiting in the wings. I had Soul Sacrifice, which I played a little bit of. Which was not what I expected it to be. It was different than I expected it to be. It's kind of cool. It, it's it's kind of it's it's very kind of bite sized. Like you go out, you fight kind of a, a monster or a couple of enemies. Then it's the end of the mission, and then you can go back in. It's it's very well suited to a handheld game. Um, I guess it's sort of got like a monster hunter type of organization to it in, in a lot of ways. Um, I didn't get very far, and I just kind of dipped my toe in it. The, the the aesthetic of it and the the story tone to it did not really grab me. It was a little bit like I was like playing on the cover of like an Iron Maiden album or something like that. It, it was just it was just too into its own kind of we're so grim and gritty type of look to it. I just I didn't dig it. Um, I played a bunch of Hotline Miami, which was a game I tr- I played on the PS3 a little I love bit. That game and. I, I feel like it's better playing it on the Vita. I think it's so much better playing it on the Vita. Some people like. Say like most people say that like if this mm. is the perfect game for the Vita, but I went and I played ninety percent of like no I'll say like ninety nine percent of my time on the PS3 and I was like oh I'll just upload my save and take it on the Vita and I couldn't go backwards like oh really because you have the touch you have to touch right to aim like you could like uh, you can actually touch use the touch you can, yeah. to aim 
and everyone's like, this is the best way to do it, and I couldn't wrap my brain around it. Yeah. It, it's, I, the game is bizarre. It, it, it's, it, it's tough to understand if you don't play, because I heard about it, and the way it looked to me was, oh, this is going to be like, you know, kind of almost like a beat-em-up with guns. Like, that's what it looks like when you, when you see the trailers for it. It's this very, again, very retro-graphic-looking, top-down. You walk into a room, and you can kind of see the entire room um, in the top-down view, and there's, there's enemies in the different rooms, and you've got to clear out the area, and you start out usually with nothing, and you have to get a gun or, or get a weapon and fight your way through. And you can use the environment to help you. You can use doors to take out the enemies. But it's one of these things where if you get shot or you, you die in the, in the room, you start the room over again. Mm-hmm. And it's like almost – it's one hit. It's one hit kills. Totally. Yeah. yeah, it's one hit kills. The, none of the rooms are big enough. It's sort of like we were talking about trials where it's, it's not super frustrating. There are times where you get in a room and you die and you're like, go fuck yourself, game. You know, that <laughs> yeah. definitely happens. Mm-hmm. It definitely happened to me a couple of times. And when I first first played, I was like, "Is it?" I, I was like, "Am I doing something wrong? Like, am I supposed to be dying this many times in the yep, game?" You are. And then I was, once I realized that that was what the game way the game was, I started to get into it, and it was kind of laying in bed on the Vita where I really started to feel the rhythm of the game. Uh, music is fucking awesome. One of the in best game. soundtracks, yeah. yeah. In the game just like driving music that's mm-hmm. amazing. It is. I have it right on my phone. I, yeah. I play it in the car. Yeah, it's very awesome very stuff. cool. Um, great on the Vita. So. And that was cool because that was another one. That was a PS Plus game at some point, and I, I did got you, it. Um, did you have a favorite mask to wear? Um, you know what? I didn't. I, I just kind of stepped. No, wait. I changed masks. I don't remember what it was. The masks are like, um, like you. There, I think there's like 25 different masks you oh, can wow, find, okay. and some of them are like they're hidden. Because uh, I went through and I, I was like, I'm gonna, pla- I'm gonna platinum this game, and then I realized <laughs> that's almost impossible <laughs> because they grade you at the end of the level, right? And to get, I think it's like A plus plus is brutally difficult. I bet. Because you have to, like, not die a lot and then um, keep your combo going. But you can't just keep your combo going statically with one weapon. It's, it's about impro- um, improvising. So it's like drop this weapon, pick up another weapon, like uh, melee this guy. Okay, now do this. Run through this war. Get a triple kill and, like, keep that combo going. I got one A++ on, like, the first level. <laughs> can't come close to that on any of the other ones. But the masks that you come in with, they, do, they change the game differently. So if you wear, like, one of the masks, it's... Um, you can maybe take two hits, but if you were a different one, melee will be an instant kill no matter what. So that's the one I use the most. Mm-hmm. I was just walking around, biffing people over and over, and getting through the levels fast that way. One was like you could run fast and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, I love that game. I, I played the sequel. I didn't get to play the sequel packs. I watched it because it was on mouse and keyboard, and I was like, nope, <laughs> avoiding that. But it is coming to PlayStation platform, so yeah. I cannot wait. And, yeah, and I found myself the problem is like I can't really get into. I haven't really done many combos because what I do is I go into a room, I, I, I get a guy, and then I just start planning the next area. And I, it's, I'm constantly talking to myself. It's a lot like when I play Dark Souls. You know, I'm like, all right, you're walking there. I'm going to get you right now. Okay, you motherfucker. You just walk by the door. Like, boom, and I get into the door. And, like, and then, you know, it's, it's a thing. And then it, 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 always I'll, I'll be like, okay, I have my plan. I'll bust the door. I'll knock the guy down. I'll shoot the next guy. And then before I can turn, the other guy in the room who I didn't realize was there is on me. And he's either punched me in the face or shot me or something. Well, then you add that to the next sentence. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I'm going to get you full when you fucking <laughs> neutral. There is this one level later on where it's uh, you walk into an area and there's um, you're getting that top-down view. So there's four offices. Uh, so two here and then two on the bottom. And then there's like the hallway that you can walk around. And in this one area, there is about like 15 guys. And 
the best way I found out to do it was like there's no way that you could just like plan it out because mm-hmm. you're eventually going to get seen. So the best thing was you just like walk in, walk to the first guy in one of the things, blow him away with a shotgun, and then have everybody run towards you. Yeah. And then it was just like kind of like hiding behind a wall with a shotgun, like <laughs> yeah. waiting for them to turn around the corner. <laughs> and then almost every time there'd be some ridiculous guy or a dog would come up from behind me and take me out like I, uh. I was the last guy and I'd be like ah <laughs> yeah. I'd have to restart it yeah it's it's a it's a really fun game though it's a really really fun game and and it's amazing playing these retro kind of looking experiences seem to be it seems to be the thing right now obviously but it's these different styles of gameplay and the experiments they can do it, it's it's I still love the huge games but it's really cool to go to those games and play them and get a, a completely unique experience yeah. at times. Oh, and another thing about uh, Hotline Miami is the story is wicked. Like, mm. it is an intensely dark... It's I mean, you're looking at you're, yeah. you're, you're like looking at the game and you're like, I'm not even going to pay attention to what the story is. It's not what the game's about. The story adds everything to it. Mm. And when you're at the end of it, you're like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I want to play, re- and then you get you get uh, you get to replay it. Yeah, you're like a, you're a gangster, right? Yeah, yeah, it's but it's it goes a lot deeper than that. Mm. And you were like, I wasn't expecting that at all, and I was like, okay, wow, That's gave you cool. something to think about afterwards. That's cool. I played a little bit of um, Unit Thirteen, another game that was free. It's kind of a third person shooter. I uh, made by Zipper, who not a studio anymore, but they made SOCOM and Mag. Um, Mag. <laughs> <laughs> it was it's a third person action game, and it's cool. You know, it's just not I. I my thing about the, my initial resonance with the Vita in general, and it was the same thing with the PSP, is that I'm not really looking for console game on a little screen. I mean, I know I just decided to play Infamous on it, but that's more so if my fiance is doing something, watching TV, or I'm in bed, I can just kind of kick a couple minutes and do it. When it comes to games I want to buy for a handheld, I don't really want to buy just games that look like console games, but are smaller and, and are a little more difficult to play. I want to play things that are unique to handhelds, which I've, I've always loved... Nintendo handhelds like the DS because you can't make a game that looks like a console game. You have to make something that looks different. You have to make something that has interesting systems. And, and so Unit 13 is a game that tries to be, you know, a console game. It tries to be a third-person shooter console game. And it, it achieves it a lot, but it's just not what I'm looking for on a system like that. Um, it's kind of the same thing with Soul Sacrifice as well. You know, I'm not really looking for those that kind of thing. Did you download um, Gravity Rush? I did. I haven't played it yet. It's it, you know, I, there's so many games. Like I have, I have that. I have the Uncharted game, Golden Abyss, that I that I want to play through as well. Just because I love Uncharted games. Uh, the other game I've, I played, I, I know Steve talks about it a little bit. I played Thomas's Alone, um, all on the Vita, which it was awesome playing it on the Vita. Uh, you know, it, it's great to be that close to the screen and, and and stuff like that. Really charming, really fun game and. Uh, I played a little bit of Splunky. I got I got big into that on the PS3 a, a while ago, and I hadn't played it in a long time. So I tried playing on the Vita, and I was horrible at it. But that's what happens when you play Splunky. Um, those we should stream some of those games one time because oh, those those super hard games would be a lot of fun because we would drive ourselves crazy yeah. doing it. We still have to watch D- Justin play Dark Souls. Oh, I was hoping you guys forgot about that. <laughs> no, oh, no, it's yeah. gonna happen. Never forget. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Um, so that was cool. Overall, the Vita experience was was pretty awesome. Um, I'm really looking forward to digging in more. Oh, I got Persona 4 Golden, which is a Japanese RPG. Crazy, crazy stuff. It's one of my favorite RPGs. Uh, I've never, uh, never played a JRPG. Okay. Oh. Um, and uh, Greg Miller from IGN like, oh, yeah. beats the drum for this game. And I, I keep seeing it. It keeps coming down in price. And then I know I'm eventually going to cave. But like, I have to delete stuff off my Vita right now because I have no room. Mm. Um, I actually bought it physically. It's the only one I have. Oh, that's... 
That's what I'm probably going to have to That's do. That's a good one to have physically, though. Yeah. Because those tend to be hard to find, and, yeah. and they wind up going up. And, yeah. And it was $20 cheaper at GameStop than it is on the PlayStation Network. Really? It's $40 on the PlayStation Network. It was $20 at GameStop. Oh. Wow. So I got it at GameStop, and I only played a little bit of it. It's already crazy. The the, the title screen is insane. I didn't, like, you know... it. it What's cool about it is that you're playing a kid coming to a new town and all of the RPG stuff happens in the school and after school when some dark stuff goes down. You know, it's not fantasy world kind of stuff. It's it's very different. Um, and so I'm looking forward to playing that. I, I'm excited about the, the story aspect of it a, a lot. So um, that's the kind of the game I think I'm going to dig the deepest into uh, on the Vita. Um, but I'm really I'm really happy so far with it. It, 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 it looks beautiful. Um, it's fun to play. I like the controls going there. Um, I'm hoping that the thing is like the, the cross buy stuff with the PS3 is like enough to hold it up for me where I, I'm not thirsting for Vita only games because I love playing these kind of smaller like Spelunky and stuff like that Hotline Miami on the, the Vita itself. So it's, it's, it, it makes it worth it to me. When you're ready for it, I'll, uh, I'll send Tara away your way. Okay. I do want to play that game. That game's charming as anything i've played the demo yeah me too that's about it yeah my face was in the sun and everything it was cool um that freaked me out <laughs> so yeah so i'm excited going forward um i'm the, the game i'm actually most excited for in handheld space though um well i'm excited about mario golf because that's coming out soon and i'm very excited about that but i'm really excited about tamagotchi life really yeah see i never had a tamagotchi no it's not but it's not that it's not the, like, oh, it's no? not the, yeah you oh, got to okay. watch the trailer for it it, 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 I guess in Japanese it's the word for friend or something like that, and it's it's insane. Like it's an insane looking game. You just have to just watch the Nintendo Direct for it. Okay. Because it's it's unbelievably insane. It's one of those times where Nintendo just decided to be really freaking weird, and it looks awesome. Because um, it's like your Mies, you you kind of have this island, and you kind of you, it populates with the Mies in your Mi Plaza, and you have a single character, and it basically like creates social situations. <laughs> Oh, like, no. for all of your me's <laughs> in this world. And so there was this... They, like, they fall in love. They have love triangles. They get angry at each other. Like, it, it was really... It's bizarre stuff. So it's, like, almost like The Sims, but with me's. Yeah, yeah. But it, it just looks so crazy. And there's, like... Okay, and you, they got like, me. You, they, they, like, they, every character has a voice. Uh-huh. Like, an actual voice. Um, you know, and you get to pick, like, your voice and, and make yourself and stuff like that. And they're, they showed this one scene where... This one, the guy who was talking about the game, his character was on a beach and he brought flowers to Samus. And then you hear, you hear, wait! And like, <laughs> Satoru Hawada, the CEO of Nintendo, comes out of the water and he goes, I love you too! And, he, like, <laughs> and, it, and it's randomly generated that way. Like, they don't, like, it doesn't, you don't get to decide when that happens or anything like that. That's funny. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I suggest anybody who interests... Good, when is good that thing. coming out? It comes out in the summer. I know it's like a month or two from now. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I don't know how this passed by me. Yeah, it looks really amazing. Okay, I'm totally <laughs> getting that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the game I'm actually most excited about in, in handheld, the handheld space. But the other game I'm playing, but I just want to talk about it real quick. I've been playing a, a game that was a handheld game that's, uh, that came out of consoles, I guess, late last year or mid last year was Resident Evil Revelations. Uh, it was a 3DS game that they, they brought to um, Wii U. I think I don't know if they brought it to the other consoles or not. Um, they definitely brought it to a Wii U. And it what, what's cool about it is that, first of all, the, the, the transfer up into like a home console space, it looks like, I'd say like a really good PS2 game is what it looks like running on a, on a console. A PS2 game with really, like everything's kind of HDified so it's not craggly, it looks smooth. 
But there are times, there's one, everything looks pretty good. There's one shot where two characters were standing on like a beach, mm-hmm. and it was an overhead shot, and the texture they were standing on looked like it was from the N64. It looked like it was like a, a Mario 64 texture. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Um, the story is ridiculous. The the voice acting is you know is just okay, uh, but it's a especially stuff when you're on a on a ship. So the, the the game begins and you can tell it's a handheld game because it's told in very succinct chapters. It does chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, chapter four, and much like a game like Alan Wake, every time you come back to the game, it does previously on Re- Resident Evil Revelations and it tells you what happened. It's it's kind of cool, and, and so the game starts out and you um you're you're Jill Valentine. And her partner, whose name I cannot remember, his name is like Carlos or something like that. Um, they they go on the ship looking for Chris Redfield, and uh, when they get on the ship, they get ambushed and they get kind of uh, taken hostage. And then it cuts away and it goes back in time to when you know to where what happened before, what got into the ship, and then it skips around to where, where Chris Redfield is and all this other stuff. When you're on the ship, it feels like a very classic Resident Evil game. You know, the ship almost feels like the mansion in, in Resident Evil 1, just with more, you know, you, you have kind of the Resident Evil 5, Resident Evil 6 controls. So you have shooter controls. You, you can shoot and walk at the same time, which mm-hmm. is re- revolutionary for the Resident Evil franchise Never. in the last couple of years. <laughs> uh, and what's cool, though, is they give you this device. You have this, like this, this um, I can't remember what they call it, but it's like a scanning device. So it's almost got like a Metroid Primeness to it. You, you get into a room, you bring up the scanner, and you actually find items that you can't see in the environment normally with the scanner. Um, they also want you to scan enemies and stuff like that, which will reveal weaknesses. But and also will build up a meter of like how much how complete your scan of the environment is. And when it reaches 100, percent you get a healing item hmm. into into your stock. Uh, so I'm playing the game. It has some very intense areas. We're playing it on casual because we just want to kind of see the story and, and go through it. I don't want to spend a lot of time dying and restarting areas because then I will not finish the game. It just won't happen. Um, and it's split into s- sections. You know, you, you play as uh, Jill and you play as Chris in, in, di- in different parts. And the w- parts of our Chris have been very kind of open area um, and have, have been more like the latter Resident Evil games. Um, and, and the stuff with Jill has been much more kind of classic Resident Evil. Uh, there's been a couple points that have been decently scary and interesting. Um, you know, I do feel like sometimes the, the, the game, it punishes you for using ammo at times, but all, but at the same time asks you to use ammo to get through situations. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's punishing you for something it wants you to do. I think it was, oh, has been a problem with Resident Evil games in general, um, where as they become more action-focused, they've tended to not adjust to the amount of ammo needed for an action-focused game. So this game has that problem a little bit. But if you're a Resident Evil fan and you kind of skipped it over... It's pretty cool. I mean, it definitely feels like a, a traditional Resident Evil game, which I thought was pretty awesome. And using, uh, you know, on the, on the, the cool thing about using the, the Wii U gamepad is that when I need to use a healing item or switch a weapon, I can just tap that on the screen. I don't have to go through some elaborate process. I mean, there's button presses for it too, but it's it's a cool aspect mm-hmm. to the game. Um, yeah, I've been really, really enjoying it, and I'm some kind of surprised. It was a game that we, I played a demo for a while ago and wanted to play, but didn't want to spend... Sixty dollars on on a game that came out on a handheld, you know. So yeah, it's a good reason to turn the Wii U on. Yeah, now it's just like twenty five bucks. I got it for we and we're playing through it and we're really really enjoying it. No, that's so, good. Yeah, it says it's on three sixty, so I'm assuming that it's also on PS three. Probably, yeah. I, I I was pretty sure it came to all the consoles, but again, it doesn't look fantastic. It you know it looks like I said like a really good 
PS2 game or maybe like a first PS3 or Xbox 360 game. Uh, but it's definitely good enough where you're not cringing at, at the at the at the at the at the visuals in the game. So I, I if you're a big Resident Evil fan, I think I think it's worth playing through. Um, all right, so that's all I got to talk about. Anybody else have any games they wanna they wanna chime in on here? No. We're all good? good. We're all yeah. good. Well, um, we did have one listener question. I don't remember where I put my phone. Oh, it's right here. <laughs> that I want to get to very quickly. Um, so this is from James Hammond, and he says, Have you ever owned or played on a failed game console? Example, I had a Panasonic 3DO, which had the first Need for Speed plus Gex. Rob? Uh, it's weird, because I always had the, the luck where I, I never bought the system that that kind of went out and died you know like i didn't pick up a jaguar and and that definitely mm. didn't you know no. catch on uh i mean the sega cd i, I bought but th- that had its share mm. of good games um no i mean i i kind of shied away from from the systems that that didn't hold on the turbo graphic 16 i skipped over that i didn't pick one up until much later and when i was in like my collecting years uh, what about a Dreamcast? Oh, I had one of those. Yeah, I mean, I imported a Dreamcast <laughs> when that first came out, but yeah. I, I mean, I had way too much fun on that to to call that you know a, a failed experience. It was not a failed experience, but it was a failed system. No, yeah. I know, but still, I to this day I, I play my Dreamcast. <laughs> I had fun so. with it. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah, people love Dream. So that you, that's a failed console that you played on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think pretty much that. That would be my only one. Then that one. would be my only one, too. Well, we both have a Wii U, so... Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> yeah, know time what? will no. tell with that, yeah. I did buy a Wonderswan. I don't even know what that is. I've never a handheld that. Wonderswan? I don't know what that no? is. No? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It came out in, like, 99. Hmm. Yep, little handheld system. Uh, terrible. Hmm. Yeah, sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, anything for you? No. I've, uh... I didn't have many consoles growing up. Like I had an NES and then my next console was um, a Genesis and then a PlayStation and then mm. nothing until a, um, I got a GameCube and mm. I've ha- I had that for like two months and then I got an Xbox and then from there on all the big ones. Mm. Um, but like I, so I avoided all the pit, uh, the pitfalls of like the nineties machines and I didn't have a Dreamcast. Um, everybody else did. So when I went to their house, I played it there. <laughs> uh, for me, it was just probably, I had a Game Gear. That's what I was thinking of it. I'm like, yeah. what was that handheld that Sega came out with and I could not get it out? Yeah. That ate my batteries. Oh my god, you had to put so many batteries in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really like that bad? Oh, it was, it was, it was like the eight. worst you could ever imagine. Yeah, it was eight double A's, I think. <gasps> mm-hmm. I, eight double A's went in it. And it would, Maybe two hours. Yeah, I was just about to say two hours, hours right? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. It was so exciting because it was this color, it was a color screen. Yeah. Basically played. I remember I, it coming out. I think it played Master System games. I think that's what it played. Um, basically, it was as powerful as that, and it was so exciting. And I got it. And I re- and, but I was a kid. I got it. I played it for like two weeks, and then it was, you know, put it in the corner and because never played again. Because your mom and dad said, "No, you're not having any more batteries, right?" No, that wasn't it. I just kind of got lost <laughs> interest. Like, I think I was playing my Game Boy more, so I think that's why. Right. You know, it's one of the things. You know, kids don't understand what things cost. Just, I was playing mm-hmm. my Game Boy the other day, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I got it out. I found it in the drawer, and I was like, oh. Mm. So I actually I put some batteries in it. It still works. It was the Did 25th you? anniversary of the original Game Boy mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, it's the yeah. original. It's the big gray one with the purple buttons. Yeah. Did you get it when it first came out? No, I think maybe two. When did it come out? 20 years ago. Yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. So maybe 18 years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I had the weird luck of finding one while I was walking across a baseball field back to my house. <laughs> I found one in a little pack with three games. Wow. And it had probably come out about two months before that. Rob's leaving it. out the part of the story where there's the two kids that he beat up to yeah. take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one was around, no name, no name written in it. I totally would have would have returned it to, you know, to someone. Yeah, you know, I was at that, that age sure. where, you mm. know, all honest. But yeah. Found it and wow. no one ever was around to claim. So that's pretty cool. Game Boy was the first thing I ever bought with my own money. Really? Oh wow! <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah I, I cut to my allowance for like months before it came out, and then we went to KB Toys, and I slapped down that eighty something dollars, whatever it was at the time, and got it. Yeah, played my... Tetris like a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> my parents uh, threw me a party at Adventureland uh, oh, wow. on 110. Mm. <laughs> yep. And before we left, they're like, we have something for you. And they handed me um, a carrying case. And I didn't you know, I didn't even notice it was Nintendo. And I opened it up and it was a Game Boy with like six games nice. with it. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to go anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. Oh, speaking of, they released those Game Boy Advance games on the Wii U Virtual Console. And I play the WarioWare game. I don't know which, which one it is that was on the GBA there was um, a couple. WarioWare Inc. I think it's yeah. incorporated. It's still like awesome, like, and it's really I've fun s- to play on the Wii mm-hmm. U. And it looked like they did a really good job. It looks really good, you know, because we play games like Towerfall and stuff now. So that's what it looks like on on the screen, right? And it's just, it was just a ton of fun. It, it's so much fun, and we um I got that. I think it's the only GBA game I got, but I played it. And it was just like playing a new WarioWare game. It was I awesome. Love WarioWare, yeah, cool. Those ones are great. So yeah. Um, so thank you very much, James, for, for, for that question. Um, if you guys want to get in touch with us, at uh, Talking underscore Games on Twitter. Uh, email us, podcast at TalkingComicBooks.com. And go to TalkingComicBooks.com to check out the podcast and uh, and the rest of the offerings we have over there, like Talking Comics and The Misfits and uh, Talking Movies. Lots of podcasts for you guys to listen to. If you guys want in touch with us personally, I am at Bobby Shortle on Twitter. Justin. I am at Joroke, J-O-R-O-A-K. Rob. I'm at Dusk1020. Yes. And Jackie. At Jackie Tana. That's right, Jackie. The real name crew over here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hiding who I am. No, no. I'm not yeah. hiding at all. <laughs> uh, right on front of it. Um, so next week, uh, your regular host will be back. But thank you guys so much for listening. How does Steve end this show, by the way? I don't even know. Your never... princess, our princess is in another oh, castle. Oh, that's right, that's oh, yeah. right, that's right. I don't think I can, I think I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a go. Um, and then we'll just do it again if it sounds yeah, bad. Like when I, remember when I used to try to end the Doctor Who cast? Yes, yeah, uh, it always went horribly wrong. Yeah, well, you were the came up with the, the outro for Doctor Who cast. What was that? I it, can't remember um, it, was, it was using the TARDIS. TARDIS, the time and relative dimension in space. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be back at another time and relative dimension in space. That was the end of the Doctor Who cast. Um, and I always, always We could never up. quite get it out. Yeah. No, it was tough. It's a long one. It's it, a really long yeah. one. And it would normally end just with someone giggling. Yes. Exactly. Cut it. Turn it off. We're done. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, actually, Justin, why don't you end it? All right. You're always here. So, Justin, go ahead and take us out. All right. So, this has been Talking Games. Thanks for listening. And uh, we are the future. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs>